0: Mediums are privy to a sense of love that's transformative and healing, a love that passes between and connects both sides. And in this special five-part series, we're going to explore the art and process of mediumship and all of the incredible stories along the way. Welcome to I Talk to Dead People on Inside the Universe. Oh, hey there, and welcome to Inside the Wooniverse. I am your host, Colette Baron Reed. Welcome to another fabulous episode of our limited edition podcast series called I Talk to Dead People. Joining us today is one of my most favorite people on the planet, I have to say. She is a world-renowned spirit medium, teacher, holistic healer, and author of the best-selling book, The Medium Next Door, Adventures of a Real-Life Ghost Whisperer, Maureen Hancock. Maureen has appeared as an expert guest on so many TV shows, like there's too many to name, but... At radio, print publications, you name it, she's been there, including the new Ricky Lake Show, Gaia's Open Minds, Martha Stewart, and CNN, and, and, and. Anyway, Maureen has spent the last 22 years, I think even longer, Maureen, I think that's probably longer than that, but anyway, demystifying the overwhelming subject matter of death and dying, and spends much of her time giving back by assisting those with terminal illness through hospice. Like, she's really one of the most interesting people I've ever met. And of course, we're friends. Welcome, Maureen. Hey,
1: thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here,
0: Colette. I'm excited to talk to you. Um, Obviously, we have been friends for a long time, and it's great to have you on the show, but I actually know how interesting you are, and I want my listeners to know too, Because really your story and how you became a medium and how you fell into all of this and everything that you do, I think is just fascinating. So if you don't mind, let's go back to the very beginning, to your beginnings. What was your childhood like? Like, How did you start sensing energy and start to sense spirit? What were some of your earliest experiences? So I had lead paint
1: poisoning when I was two years old. I chewed on the windowsills and the cribs. Now, back then, everything was lead paint-based, and I slipped into a coma, and I was in Children's Hospital in Boston for about a year straight and in and out for two more years. So my mom always said, you were in the hospital for three years. Wow. And I had yeah brain shunts, my head was swollen and in a coma. And when I came out, which was a miracle in itself, I used to see what I now know were dead people walking around <laughs> my room. And I said to one of my sisters, who are all these people? And she was like, shut up, they're going to take you back to the hospital. So... <laughs> I know I zipped it, but I did notice and remember that these people walked through walls. So I was five years old at this time, which don't you think that's like the age for a lot of us woo-woos? Yeah, sure. I Yeah, yeah. me too. Anyway, go on. So then I, I kept it to myself. It was overwhelming and I would pull up the covers and they would just stare at me and they looked like pilgrims. That's all I can describe because they had sort of old garb on and they would just stare at me and go away. And I shut it off as a lot of children do at a certain age. And then it came back as a teenager. So hormones, I feel for me and a lot of people, it sort of re-sparks mm-hmm. what you had as a child. And at 25 years old, I was in a horrible car accident, fell asleep at the wheel, stormy March night in Boston. Can you tell? It's wicked awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Wicked awesome. You did a little cross between New York
1: and Boston, by the way. Yeah, right.
0: I didn't quite get that, right?
1: (laughs) So I was working in a law firm in Boston, super tired. I had gone out to the Roxy, which was a famous nightclub in Boston for years and years And uh, I was the designated driver, but I was so tired from the work in the law firm that I dropped off my friend, my sister, and then it was one of these where your eyes get heavy and boom, I hit a tree and I felt my grandmother with me. My grandmother lived with us. She had just passed away the week before. Maggie Mack, head of the God Squad, squeezing the beads. Rosaries. And <laughs> I just remember I had just taken my seatbelt off because it was going into my neck almost home. And then I broke every bone in my face on the steering wheel. Wow. With the impact. And I remember hearing my grandmother on impact. Oh Maureen. And then I also felt a warm rush go through my body. And it was just like, Graham, you know, and then I was outside of a completely crushed vehicle. The pictures of my car, it looked like an accordion where you see a car and you say that person did not make it out alive. And the woman who called 911, who owned the tree where I hit, she said somebody shook her out of a sound sleep. And she heard, you know, wake up, go downstairs, go downstairs. And she lived alone. Really? And there I was at the door, Night of the Living Dead, by the way. I looked... Pretty bad. And she was so hysterical because I looked awful. She just gave me a towel. The fire rescue team came. They brought the jaws of life, but the victim, me, was not in the car. How did you get out of the car? Yeah. So they kept asking me over and over, How right. did you get out of the car? I don't remember. But I said to them, I opened the door. And they were like, No, you don't, your doors aren't functioning. It was crushed. So, it, and there was no hole in the, even though my, Face hit the steering wheel, and then the windshield, it didn't open. So there was no way. I know it was my grandmother, without a doubt. Wow. And then I was shipped off to a local hospital where they did the CAT scans and whatnot, saw everything was broken. I had spinal fluid rushing out with a fractured skull, my nose, cheeks, jaw, right down the middle of my face. And then I was at Mass General and Mass Eye and Ear in Boston, and they did a second cat scan because i was supposed to have all this emergency surgery they did the second cat scan and all of a sudden everything was healed wow so they couldn't i was in there for weeks because they couldn't understand why and i so i've had no surgery to my face even though everything was broken strike a pose <laughs>
0: <laughs> i love the way I, yeah so pay attention to her face <laughs> and even just looks pretty good stitches
1: you know all the way down the middle and My nose was just powder, um, broke all the bones behind my eye, which is a little bit smaller than the other one, but I never had any problems. It was divine intervention. And then I started to hear dead people.
0: Right. I started to hear them. Yeah. And it was all the time. So, that's really interesting. I, I want to stop you there because it's the the auditory piece because for a lot of mediums, a lot of people that I know, first of all, your story of having the accident and and whatever and whatnot. I mean, you we've heard a lot of stories from other mediums that have had something that jarred them out of their body in some Mm. way, right? But I find it really interesting too about when you saw things and you were scared and like go away, and then all of a sudden started to hear them. So was it like whispering? Was it like, because I also began by hearing and I'm like, no, I just hear the stories. I'm like, how do I know all these things? And it, for me, it was like, I was remembering voices that weren't, voices that I recognized was bizarre. So was that kind of the same memory or was it like they're right there talking? Oh, it's definitely just like you where hearing these
1: voices and they weren't mine. And I also was doing all kinds of holistic healing on the side. So shiatsu massage and Reiki on folks. Meanwhile, I was litigation manager at Logan Airport. So we'll talk about how 9-11, that was the shift for me. Oh my God. But I would be rubbing somebody's feet and I would hear, hey, I'm Billy, her father, say hello. And I'd be like, what? (laughs) And then I'd tap the person and be like, do you know Billy? Yeah, that's my father, but he's dead.
0: And I'm like, I know. So
1: (laughs) it was really bizarre. The
0: physical thing. Okay, so you also found it with touching or massaging the feet. So- Curiosity too. So you had a regular day job as a litigator, right? Head of litigation at the airport. Then you have, so you've got all the legal stuff. Did you know that I went to law school too? That's just so funny. I don't think you and I ever told each other this story. That's very interesting. Yeah, but I never got as far as you did. But anyway, so did you study? Because I know you have a lot of degrees in Chinese medicine, et cetera. So is that when you started like taking classes and then actually doing it like as a part-time job or?
1: Yes. So is
0: that how that that came? yeah. Yeah, it
1: started. I was working at a law firm in Boston and the head of the workers' comp department came up to me and now I'm like 20, whatever, 22 years old, 23. And she's like, oh, could you sign these for me or do this for me? And she's like, and I'm a shaman and you're a shaman <laughs> and I would like to train you in you know, Reiki and holistic healing. Now this is back in, this is like 27, 28 years ago when people are like, what is it, Reiki, Reiki? Yeah, and so that's how that started, and then I would leave my job in Boston, go to Cambridge, Mass, and studied at the Boston Shiatsu School.
0: Right, that's what I just wanted to put, yeah, I wanted to put those two pieces together for the listeners, too, so... Yes. And and because the relationship between the energy medicine, because those things are energy medicine, right? Mm-hmm. And then touching, because I I also had the aromatherapy. That's how I started hearing. I touched the hand or like I touched their back. And all of a sudden it's like, hence why this is happening. And I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> it's just like, how do we know that? I know. So were you kind of like totally freaked out? Yes. And, it, and like you said, Claire,
1: it's like your hand is going into an outlet. Like it's a plug, right? And <laughs> right? I was freaked out. I was like, what is happening? And I didn't like it. I mean, I had it. As a child, I could see them, but now hearing, you know, the auditory piece is so different. And every time I would ask, yes, yes. And then tumors would start to disappear for people because Mm -hmm. I started complementary therapies for old colony hospice back in the day when they were just starting to introduce it to hospitals and hospices and whatnot. But I would put my hands on somebody dying. Mm -hmm. My whole body would shake and then sometimes there'd be miracles and it wasn't me. I always said, oh, I was working for the God Squad, but people, (laughs) amazing things started to happen. So I was litigation manager at Logan and I hope I'm not getting too ahead here, but... No, this is great. Then 9-11 happened and my office Mm. overlooked uh, where the planes took off. And so it was a constant reminder. I had just had my second child... And my whole life changed because they were doing a big layoff at Massport. And I said, you know what? I'm out. I can't take all the energy. I started hearing voices. I call it the voices Mm -hmm. of 9-11. I started a Mm -hmm. widows group to help local Boston widows who lost their husbands in 9-11 and families as well. And then just everything changed. I started a cancer foundation to do holistic healing quit my job or put in for the layoff. And I bought a massage table and I was on the road going to homes of people with end stage
0: cancer, any cancer that couldn't leave the house. That's interesting. Why did you move? So I want to put the mediumship and the cancer together somehow. Where would those two come together? Give me a tiny bit of the bridge.
1: So when I'm hearing all the voices and whatnot and putting my hands on people, but then deciding... I would be best served helping those that are sick and volunteering my time. So I started the Cancer Foundation. But in order to get money for the foundation, you ready for this? I planned a dinner and drinks with the dead at a restaurant, 200 people, and I had never done a private reading. I just knew I had these newfound abilities. I throw another curveball. I was doing stand-up comedy in Boston. On the side. Okay. <laughs> I know this so much. Yeah, but this is good. <laughs> and I created this event called Postcards from Heaven. It was a dinner show. It was like, you know, my wedding with the dead to raise money because I didn't know how else to do it. And I'm like, I have a skill. I'm I also have comedy. I'm gonna marry the two. I became the comedian medium. Right. And I never did a private reading, but 200 people, I come out on stage. Guess what I heard? Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. I'm panicking. <laughs> I'm like, hello? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? And then all of, us <laughs> Bueller, all of a sudden, I hear, that's my wife, Rose. I died in an explosion. Sometimes, you know, it comes in choppy. This was in my right. face, and I was leaning on this woman's chair. I'll never forget this. And I said, "Is anybody rose?" And she raised her hand. And I said, "Did your husband die in an explosion?" And she almost fainted. And I, you know, I screamed. Oh! You screamed because <laughs> I'm just as wild as as they are. And then it just went, and then it flowed. And I'm like, I can do this. And then had this money, and what I would do is give it to people or other practitioners to help work on all... Because then the word got out like that. And everybody was like, help me, help me, help me. And I was always clear to say, I'm going to empower your healing abilities. I never said, I'm a healer. I say, we're all healers. Right. And I'm just going to relight your pilot to help you heal part of yourself is willing or is going to open up to healing. So. Not everybody gets that miracle, but the miracles are found in different ways, don't you think?
0: Yeah, totally. And I I mean, I've heard before you and I got to be friends, I'd heard of your reputation, right? And and I'd heard of all these different things that you had done and some of the anecdotal stories of people who were who had outrageous experiences you know, with you, both with mediumship and spontaneous healings that you were like, wow, I don't know, right? You know, it's like the fact that you never, I love that about you, the fact that you never were claiming to be anything to say, listen, I just feel compelled to show up. Let's see what happens because most of this was volunteer. I I do want to mention that to people too, that everything that you did around this particular subject was volunteer. It was, you just did it for people to see what, you know, hey, I don't know what's going to happen, but here I am. And your reputation still is as profound, I would say, because it's definitely profound. And the comedian piece, I think though, too, enables people to laugh when, you know, over something very, very serious. I know you and I've talked about this, like when I went to England, where they're used to having people that train in a spiritualist church. And I am like you, I, I crack jokes. I'm like, hey, so-and-so's here, you know, like this is the street you grew up on. Is that right? Yes. Ah. And then it'd be like, they were laughing, not knowing why oh, I allowed to laugh because apparently like you just don't laugh. Right. <laughs> oh, no. So yeah. I love your style of mediumship because you're just in there. You became the comedian medium. I mean, it it made people feel safe to hear and experience these really profoundly painful things Yes, too. and I always say it's a celebration
1: of life and memories. They'd rather see you smile. And of course you have times of deep pain and grief. But when mm-hmm. you can fight through that a little bit, I feel like a layer of energy is removed so that your loved one and spirit can get through to you better. Because as we know, there's complicated grief. And sometimes that is such a heaviness that folks will say to me, like, why can't I feel my loved one? And I'm like, well, you might be an overthinker. You're always in your head or maybe you're in complicated grief. And I always have a list of grief counselors I can recommend. And I make it very clear. I'm not a grief counselor, but I can be a bridge and I do it in such a light way that I'll have an audience crack up. But what it does is it opens the aura. I find an opening through
0: laughter, right? Me too, me too. I find that as well too, that 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 kind of quick... Um, you know, there's the crack, there's the crack, I can get in. And it's just natural. Like I know for you, it's just natural. I mean, every medium is very different and individual, that it's like, I love the way you do what you do. And that's why I love to work with you too. So for those of you listening, if you don't know, Maureen and I have done many events together as a dynamic duo, and it's been pretty spectacular. So I know that you're self-taught so that you became what you are by trusting. Is, is that Would you say that's true that you kind of trusted? Or did you just kind of follow along? How did that work for you? Or did you actually go and get training? No, no training. And it was scary. I didn't know that there was training.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At the time, you know, 26, 20- whatever, six years ago, I didn't know that I could reach out or take classes. I didn't know about the spiritualist churches or folks that you could go with training. And now when I was already a working medium, I found Rita Berkowitz, who's a local uh, spirit artist. And I trained a little bit, but I was working at Logan. I would come to class late. She wouldn't let me in. (laughs) because, you know, it disturbed the energy. I get it. So I would sit outside like the bad student and then come in at the end and do some practicing. But yeah, I trusted. At first, I questioned. I had lots of panic attacks and I was the anxiety girl, which I think is why I found humor. Because I use humor when I'm nervous and I cover up my anxiety disorders. I mean, I would be a wreck. Sometimes I'd come on stage and I can't breathe because I'm having panic and all these people hoping and looking and they don't know looking at you. And literally I'm like, don't faint, don't faint, don't faint, don't faint. Oh yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, flopping like a flounder. (laughs) (laughs) I I did almost faint a couple of times, but now I found that way that I'm just going to be me and take me or leave me because I've had people write to me and say, it's not funny. And I'm like, "I, I know it's not funny, but
0: if you can just smile, you can find joy through grief. Right? It's not about, you know, it's interesting because when people think it's that humor or like having the comedic aspect of it or the humor of the whole thing, that isn't true. Mm-hmm. It's just that your personality is very specific and you're able to talk about it in a way that that is humorous. But it's not that you make it funny. So I think that's the thing people don't understand, and that's likely somebody who hasn't actually seen you work. Yeah. Um, because you aren't making fun of it. Like, typically what you think a comedian would do is make fun of something, and you don't. No. But you bring a lighthearted delivery. It is. It's your delivery that's very, uh, you, you kind of remind me a little bit of Lucille Ball. Right? When you, you know, like the New England ex-Catholic version. Right? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, and you you know what? It raises
1: the energy in the room, so the readings yeah. are so out of this world, but um, that people are able to laugh and instead of like, oh,
0: they're so closed off and receive it. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're not so vulnerable. Uh, that's what I've seen you do. You've melted some people that have come in. They are like closed tight because they're so scared and vulnerable you get so accurate first and then they say oh my god you can see in here it's it's really the evidence which is so key um okay Maureen I love this we are going to take a little break we'll be right back so listeners please stay with us Welcome back. We're here with Maureen Hancock, also known as the medium next door. Okay, let's get back into this incredible conversation. Maureen, let's talk about what you have experienced. Like uh, You call yourself a spirit medium. So spirit, I'd love to hear your description of that. And also if we could segue into talking about what you believe the soul is, like, you know, in your experience, because, you know, we talk to dead people and like, what does that even mean now to you? Right. So, uh, spirit medium.
1: I say spirit medium, I just never really loved the term psychic medium, even though Mm -hmm. me neither You know, really, I just, for me, it doesn't work for me. And it's all about spirit and and lightness and love and whatnot. And yes, can I tune into the past, present, future? Yes. Can I read the Akashic Records? Of course. And I think we all have abilities as well. But my focus is on spirit and the soul, just like you said. And I love when people ask me, like, well, what's the difference between spirit and the soul? And sometimes I'll use uh, kind of a weird analogy because I'll say, oh, you know, did you have your gallbladder taken out? And they're like, yes, but I can still feel pains. I say, well, because that spirit, that sort of energy is still there, even though they remove the physical thing, hence, you know, the spirit body still exists outside of the physical, which I call the leased vehicle. So when the lease is up... The least, interesting. The leased vehicle, vehicle, right. And when the lease is up, this driver is going to step out and I'm in the light body, a different type of vehicle, much cheaper, and (laughs) just kind of fly high. And I also will be asked, like, what if my sister asked me that? this, her son passed, What if Sean reincarnates before I get there? And I bet you've been asked this before. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, you know, he's telling me it's going to take a, a long time and he's waiting for his soul group, which includes you and his sister and his dad and everybody. And then they'll come back as a soul group if they so choose And then I say, but you're going to see glimpses of Sean in your daughter's children, which that is more like the spirit and not a full-blown soul reincarnation where the soul has come
0: back. So are you on the same wavelength as me? Yeah. So I've always looked at it like the soul is the connection to spirit and it's immortal. So, and it takes its shape. So, And I always say the soul stewards the body. And the personality comes from experiences in the human body and memory, et cetera. But I think the soul holds all memory. Like I agree. Because, and the reason I bring this up, especially around kids, um, and I don't know if you know about all the studies, but I'm sure you do actually about the reincarnated kids who will will be like three or four years old and then describing to their parents that they actually live somewhere else and that they had a different family and that they could actually tell you everything about themselves and they can actually go find out that that's true. So it is very interesting. In terms of soul group, uh, I sit on the fence. Like I believe that, yes, but I also know that because of all the studies of these kids who are talking about experiences that they had in, in World War II or whatever, that there's also, we don't always know how the soul group manifests itself. So I, I believe too, because, you know, I'm seeing my dogs show up in my other dogs. Like when one dies, the, then one starts to behave. Like I look in the eyes and like, are you in there? Like, you know, <laughs> you know and so I, I've always been curious about that. And I know that you, you have a strong belief around that. So I I'm just really I interested. That. Yeah. I mean, I think that we don't know enough about it, but the soul is always there.
1: It's true. And when you just brought that up about the dogs, same with my dogs. I feel like I'm getting little pieces of my dogs. And of course, I have one sitting right here. She has her own personality, but I think she has many pieces of my chocolate lab. This is a Husky, right? right? So that they can show up just like you said. And as a matter of fact, my son, one of my sons when he was three years old, was writing his name in Chinese at the kitchen table I brought it to Chinatown in Boston, that's where I live, (laughs) and they said, this is a very popular boy name in China, and so it was validated, and he said to me, my son, I was an orphan, my parents were killed, and we lived in this, you know, he described the place at three years old,
0: so, right, and it's usually around three, four, and then the kids forget about it as they get older that's all the studies that I've seen, that they seem to all be like three or four years old and they're having these like incredible memories because they haven't yet formed. And I do think the soul and the ego, right? And we know that developmental psychology says a child, it takes six, you know, from zero to six is when we we take in everything, we're like a sponge. So that it makes sense that before they're six, they're also capable of remembering all these other past lives. To, and that really does prove that the soul is immortal. It really is. It, it's and, and reincarnation, I believe in it. And I believe 100% that it's true. I think what's really interesting that you've talked about, I love your thing with the, I'm going to borrow your leased car thing. You know, you give the car back and now you got it. And maybe maybe you'll have a new one. Maybe you'll take a class or something in between. But yes. I, I think that... Um, and tell me if you feel this way too, or that you've experienced this, because you know you know that we're recording this. And uh, when you guys hear this, our listeners, it's going to be a few months after uh, some big things have happened in the US, for example, where there was a mass shooting. So I want to talk about your work with kids, because I think kids that die young, that die where their lease was who says that when their lease was up or not up? Like there's that whole thing. Like people say everything happens for a reason. I don't believe that. Everything happens to find meaning, right? And so what happens to the kids? Because I know you've worked a lot with parents who have lost their children. So let's really mm-hmm. just segue a little bit into your experience with children.
1: Yeah, and I love that you said that uh, because I'm on the same wavelength, Colette, about it's not everything happens for a reason. And you did say like finding the lessons and things, but also free will of, you know, this horrible person that made an awful free will decision that changed the course of everything. However, these parents are are changed and their lives are shaped in a different way now, but it can be beautiful at the end Mm -hmm. or whatever. There is no ending, but I've worked with not only parents who've lost children, that's still my work to this day. So I offer free sessions for parents who just lost children, but I have so many on a wait list and I do that every single day. And I just love to give back. And the the kids that I've worked with, with my hospice work, I go to hospitals and homes and I've helped thousands of children pass, but mostly the families who are trying to deal with that. Mm -hmm. The kids are warriors. They are the superheroes of the world. And one little boy I worked with over Skype when Skype was a thing. And every day I would meet with this six-year-old boy, Johnny, and we would talk about anything he wanted to. He wanted to know about the angels and heaven and what was it going to be like. And his parents were very upfront with this little boy who was such an advanced soul about death and dying, the afterlife and signs. And they set up signs and he'd have his cereal. And believe me, I would go off and bawl my eyes out. But And he would be eating his cereal. Maureen, tell me about heaven. What's it going (laughs) to be like? And my heart would just shred. And he's like, am I still going to be able to do crosswords? (laughs) He was just like the cutest thing. I'm like, oh, yes, you are. And you're going to have all the answers. And he'd go, yes, to every answer. So brave. So when Johnny passed, the parents had me on with them. And the dad was a bit of a skeptic at first and he he was like who's going to be there for him because everybody's still alive who's right. going to be there for johnny to greet him i said somebody named helen and he was like he turned white and he said my mother was helen but she passed when i was 12 years old she didn't know johnny i said it's an all knowing right it's an all knowing like and he was john too i'm like john it was it's an all knowing that she does know johnny and yeah. she sent him to you And she's there for him. And then he passed, the little boy, and a ray of sunlight came through the window, and they have pictures and made the sign of a cross on his chest. Oh, wow. And then at the services, he wanted to be a firefighter, so the whole fire department showed up, and they had the hook and ladder, the hook and ladder. And a ray of sunlight, they had an American flag, went through the flag and made the sign of a cross, saying almost like Johnny smiling from above. So the wow. kids are just amazing and pure. And with the tragedy that just happened, the mass shooting in Texas, it's like, and even Connecticut, like these kids are the warriors. And they always say to me, like, you know, I'm doing great work. I'm working with other children. I'm a counselor. I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm helping helping humanity. Um, we're trying to help you all. But they always say like, we
0: are okay. yeah. you're not okay, but we're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. I think what's amazing for us as mediums is to be able to recognize when these, I mean, the parents are shattered, but these kids, they really want their parents to heal. They are not, they aren't stuck in that, (gasps) the tragic ending. They are already over it. And they're like, They're like, okay, now we got to talk to my mom and my dad and tell them they got to, they stop fighting or whatever. Like they'll describe everything that's going on in the household. I'm sure you've experienced that too. And, you know, I think that when we lose these kids, Sandy Hook, that whole thing too, I know I think you worked with some of the parents there and to realize that these kids, they want more than anything, that the parents find some kind of solace you know out of their passing even though it's so tragic it's that they're so mm. quick to come through and say okay this is what they're doing and this is what they got to stop doing and you know i love them and they got to you know they got to stop crying all the time like they're they're so in it afterwards exactly and i also make it my
1: goal now to teach them how to have and create a non-physical relationship with their child and with that is i say We're all mediums. Like, you know, there's different levels and it's like we're playing an instrument every day, Colette. And so the parents, I hook them up with classes and teach them send them some of my videos. And Mm -hmm. so many of them say to me, I am surviving because you taught me how to connect to my child myself and that Mm -hmm. I don't need a medium because you know there's such a thing as medium addiction and you have to be careful.
0: Yeah, medium addiction, exactly. They just keep going to the medium to want to talk and they can do it themselves. Yeah, that is. Mm. I think that's really a beautiful gift that you have to offer people is to be able to teach, especially parents who have lost their kids away from for them to communicate with the child after you know after that real deep grief I think it's too hard when you're still in that you know real deep grief Uh, but then I, I know that a few parents have said they have been able to make that connection and it's very much a living relationship for them and it's not fantasy it's genuine. Right. There's a genuine exactly. way to communicate. Mm-hmm. And that's for everybody correct. listening and watching,
1: I invite you to listen. So it'll be that inner voice that sometimes comes in your your language, You know, your inner voice, but it's their words. So that's one of the most common questions I get asked is how do we differentiate between our own voice, our own mind, thoughts and whatnot, and that of spirit? And spirit will keep repeating. Spirit will nudge you, especially a child. And yeah. it will be like, you know, look, look over your shoulder, look, 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 look. And you look as you're driving and a truck's coming at you or, mm-hmm. um, hi. And I have them have conversations. Hey, Johnny, what are you doing today? Hi, mom. I'm having fun with my friend Mikey. Like it just mm-hmm. let that imagination come, but it turns into a
0: reality of a connection. And you feel it in your body, right? Do you notice that? It's like the difference between wishful thinking and fantasy, which is very mental. It's not a, it's a mental thing. It's in the intellect. It's up here, you know, above. Whereas when it's real, it, it just feels like a plunk in your body, right? It's just, it just is. You don't even question it. Oh, well, that just happened oh, why do I think that that just happened? Because it did, right? So- I love that. Right, it's not a- A plunk. A plunk. That's what I call it. It's the plunk. Kerplunk. Kerplunk. It's just there. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the imagination can be the bridge to the plunk, but the plunk is just, oh, this is just very real. This just is. It's just not even a, you can't even like question it. You question it afterwards. That's the thing. But I always tell people, go back to the plunk. You know, when did you just feel it before you started to decide that it wasn't real?
1: Right. Or the quickening.
0: Yeah. Do you get the chills? Like then all of a sudden you're doing the
1: dishes and you just get like goosebumps up your legs or the Mm -hmm. chill. And I call that a hug from heaven without a dream. Mm -hmm. And it's, they're present. They're in your aura. They've entered. They've, you know, Elvis is in the room, like in the house, like yeah, they've Elvis entered.
0: Is, right. <laughs> it, it's so what are some of the, just out of curiosity, because I know a lot of people would want to know how the boundaries and systems are set that you would set or or teach people how to work with, given that we are looking for a kind of a container, right? Like it's, it can't just be all over the place because that's when it gets weird, right? When people get very ungrounded and go to too many mediums and blah, 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 and give their power away. What are some of your container ideas or boundaries that you work with and you teach people? So my
1: biggest lesson in this lifetime is boundaries, just myself and just mm-hmm. regular everyday boundaries with people. And so boundaries with spirit, for me, I had to come to that point where when I'm off, I'm off. So I teach people like, listen, when you're out at a restaurant, bar, whatever, like a lot of my students, like they want to practice then, especially mm-hmm. if they add alcohol. It's like, no, <laughs> no. you know, that's, that's a false... You know, having like that confidence, it's a false confidence It also can bring in a lower vibration. So I always say, like, make sure that you're in the space to receive, get into a meditative or praying state, quiet spot. And, you know, not let the ego at the door because a lot of them want to show off or like, look what I can do. And it's not like that. Mm -hmm. So and then just boundaries for parents is... You know, setting up that sacred time or space to do that and that only allowing spirit in when you so choose where so many let spirit run the show and it Mm -hmm. will be, they'll become fearful because at night they're hearing a bang or the door's shutting, water's running. You know, playful, mischievous spirits come in almost like when you use a Ouija board and you're not trained or tape-tipping. So there's a lot with the spirit boundaries that I try to teach and just you know, go with a reputable medium that you have gotten recommendations about. Don't go into the neon sign, corner store, psychic.
0: You know, I I think I'm going a little bit off of what you're talking about, Colette, but is that... Yeah, I mean, you just talked about a lot of things that I think will be interesting to people. So... Um, setting boundaries. I'll summarize what I think you just said, then you tell me if if that's what you said. But um, having a safe boundary where you decide, yes or no, I've turned a tap on, I've turned a tap off. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. I were to imagine that, like I re- I don't like to see... I don't want to see pilgrims walk through my house, okay? That's just not going to work for me. Hello. No. So I saw, I saw stuff when I was little too, but I'm not interested in seeing anything. When when a medium says, oh, I see your dad behind you, I'm not going to ever say that because I'm not looking to see anybody. I don't mind hearing the story, but you're not allowed to show up behind anybody. Otherwise, I want to... No, that's just that's a boundary for me. I do find that the East Coast of America is like specifically New England is so busy, it's like, it's my favorite place to do mediumship, I swear to God, because it's like we have crowds of dead people there that just can hardly wait to talk. But I also have to set triple boundaries there. When we lived in Connecticut and New Hampshire, I'll never forget the time I was on the phone with a client because I was still doing private readings then. And the person we were des- I was describing to them, I'm saying, do you see this? I'm seeing this person in my head and I'm describing them. And then all of a sudden, that very guy walked right past me and threw into my kitchen. I'm like, like that's it. Like, like, like let's move. <laughs> let's move now. Like, I'm not having that. Like, I'm just not. So, saying that I'm now off stage, we're done. And also, I want only a safe container. I would never work with a Ouija board. Never in a million no. years will I touch something or table tip. I don't like we, that either. No, for and that's me, just, for, for me. me. And again, it's for us, right? Like, so. Any of you listeners that are loving the Ouija board and the table tipping, go ahead. We're not saying you're bad or wrong. Just for us, like same with me. And and be trained. I I would recommend
1: be trained. Don't just go into it raw or say, let's have fun with this or, you know, giggling. It's just, it's not, you know, you have to be trained and you have to know what you're working with and how to set the boundaries. So thank you for that.
0: Yeah. like to say, I'm done now. Um, and not be on all the time because I thought I had to be on all the time in the beginning. And it did feel like I was constantly sticking my finger in a socket. Like my hair was like in fire, right? Because it just felt like there was too much energy all the time. And then I realized, wait, I'm going to get really sick if I don't do something different. And then I didn't know, oh, you can say no? Wait a second. Right? You can right? actually say no? Like we can no say no. a complete
1: sentence. Love no, that. Yeah. And I was at a gathering, like a party or something, and... Back in the day, it was like, oh yeah, I would just kind of look at someone, and I'd, they'd come over and be like, "You seen anything? You get anything?" Now I can't stand that because I'm like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm out with my husband. I'm not on. But at that time, uh, my ex-husband's best friend came over to me, and he was cocky, and he was like, "I don't believe in this, and you yeah. know, I want you to prove it to me right now. Tell me who's around me." And I was like, "I'm not working right now." He was like. Yeah, well, you know, you need to work. And I said, okay. And I knew he was the CPA. And so I went and got my checkbook. And I said, (laughs) if you balance my checkbook right now, I'll talk to your dead father. (laughs) He was like, I said, do you want to do my taxes? He got it. He was like, oh, okay, I get it. Right. I hear you. So, And it's okay to say no. And you can't always just come out with it. I was at dinner with my husband Sitting at the bar, you know, to have dinner. And a woman next to me was like, I know who you are. And I'm gracious about like, oh, okay. Yep. She's like, oh, you've helped somebody. Okay. And then she was drinking. And uh, she said, you need to tell me right now what my husband's mother's saying. I said, oh, no, the meal came. It's always when the meal comes. I said, no, I don't do that. I said, I promised my husband when I'm out, this is our date night, da, da, da. She grabbed my arm and squeezed it hard. And she was like, you need to tell me something now. And I said, no. And she was like, am I going to be okay? And I said, you're going to be fine. She took that as a message. Right. Ready? started screaming in the restaurant, fell to the floor, had a psychotic break. Oh. They had to call an ambulance. My husband's a psych nurse. And so he tended to her. But my point is, especially in mediums out there, have discretion and right. have boundaries and be able to know when it's right and when it's not. Because what if you read somebody and you don't know where they're at psychologically yeah. or the health of their psyche and you can cause problems. So be very you know, careful out there and have discretion and yeah. ethics.
0: I think I have some opinions about that because I, I really do think that a lot of people have mediumship abilities, but it's just like there's a lot of really, really accurate psychics, but that doesn't mean that they're spiritually or psychologically sound. That's one of the reasons why I really like how you teach because you get people to really understand their own shadow content that they, especially mediums who are in training now, They're like, okay, so I need to take care of these things and be very aware of where the other person is coming from and learn to ask what kind of questions you have to ask them about their state of mind before you actually take on the reading. Because you can't always discern that. But I think that that's what we have to get really good at because you do have a responsibility when you're working with somebody. I love calling you this. You're an Olympic gold medal medium. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Woohoo! And so, how do you actually stay in shape, psychically and and psychologically? How do you stay in shape? What a great
1: question. I have never been asked this before. So I have to get uh, body work done. So self care is so important as the energy worker, and I'm a shiatsu practitioner. So I have a friend who does shiatsu. And I need to get that done. Do I have it done as much as I should? No. I'll try to... I go every day out in the woods to the conservation land with my three dogs and I tree bathe. I think that is number one for everybody. No matter what you're going through, you're grieving, you're anxious, you're doing energy work, get out in nature because that's where you're going to feel spirit. That's where you're going to get signs. But for me, I prepare because I do three to four live events a week on stage and I need to take care of the vessel and uh I I just will burn the candle at both ends so often. So I need to eat well. I do Mm -hmm. try to do clean eating. What does that mean? I don't do gluten or dairy. I cut down on sugar. If you cut down on inflammation in the diet, your mind is clearer. I teach Mm -hmm. intuition nutrition so that if you're doing like all organic, non-GMO, and you're cutting... I was ten grams or under sugar, and my readings were through the roof. Just to give you an idea. Yeah. So, do I have time to meditate? Not really, but on my way to a show, will I pray? Yes. I'm. You know, you should say, I'm like Jesus. <laughs> you, know, I just, you know, I have a devotion to the Blessed Mother. I she visited me in my car accident, and so. I have faith without a brick building, but I've also yeah. studied all different religions. I really lean towards the Buddhist way and mm-hmm. and just compassion. And we're just all love and we're light, but really taking care of this vessel, no matter what's happening in your life, is so, so key just for your sanity. So my, my sanity is mm-hmm. uh, taking a vacation and taking a break from spirit. And I was just on top of a mountain in Costa Rica Holding a retreat, but I still had time for me. And I yeah. got into the waterfall every day and the beach. And salt water is a tea bag for grief and inflammation. So Almost every day in the summer, I live about a half hour from the ocean. I get in the ocean. Even in November, you can see pictures of me in the water, in the
0: ocean. (laughs) Because I'm Irish. (laughs) Yeah, because you're Irish. Um, I do salt baths because I I also feel like salt baths are like it mimics the ocean. I'll put like two or three cups of salt in my water, you know, into a hot bath and sit. And I also, I'm glad that you brought up the intuition nutrition piece because I find... I'm not so I, gluten doesn't impact me the same way, but sugar is for me, it's dangerous. It's I have to be so careful around sugar because it will create anxiety. and it, or at least if I have the anxiety to begin with, it will exacerbate it. And it does disconnect you from, like, you know, really good readings, et cetera. So I found, yes, having no sugar or as little sugar as possible has been, Uh, An important piece for me. And I can start to feel when it isn't right. My husband will make a joke because he'll see the little demon come out of me, like I won't share my ice cream. And he'll be like, whoa. (laughs) And then I know it's time to get off the sugar, the sugar demon, addict of the sugar. It's just so bad. It's, It's, but anyway, so I agree with you. That's, you get cut off from spirit when you're into the sugar. Like I yeah. really see that too. And getting grounded in nature. I love that you do forest bathing. You call it tree bathing. It is it is very, very important. When we finally moved away from the city and into nature, it changed my life completely. It was because all of a sudden, like my biggest excitement this week was watching two bunnies at 5.30 in the morning jump over each other in my backyard. Like going I boing, boing, boing. And I, at first I was like, are they fighting? And then I realized, oh my God, they're playing with each other. And then I realized what the message was too. So let's talk about signs in nature. You know, how uh, people who've crossed over will connect. Like my mom will connect through uh, a ladybug. Like I will always know it's her and it's always a ladybug and I sense her. And my dad will always come in an orange butterfly. Like... I totally know those are my parents. Like there's no yep. you can string me up upside down and I'm telling you, I know those are my parents. Yeah, what are some of the symbols I love that you that. know? Mm-hmm. So when my dad passed, uh, a baby deer showed up
1: at my glass slider and at the time I had a chocolate lab who would have gone crazy And she just, Allie, my dog, was just staring at the window as the deer came up. And it just spoke to me like I've had a rebirth because my dad had multiple myeloma. But three weeks from diagnosis, he passed. And then my mom loved Orioles, the bird. And so I pulled into my driveway, 7.30 in the morning after mom passed, came home, be my neighbor because this was me. I hear a tweet. I look up. There's an Oriole. And I was like, Mom! Mom, mom, hi. I'm like, are you good? So, you know, the shades are going up. Oh, it's just Maureen. But I'm talking, I'm like, are you good? Everything good? You know, so we talk to them like, and then my, my mom's like, I didn't turn into a damn bird. However, they can use their energy to make them show up. As a reminder, a lot of people get cardinals, you know, butterflies, dragonflies, ladybugs. Some people even get bees. And so you just know because it will keep showing up. And I always say to people like, how do I know which one of my loved ones is which, you know,
0: bird or whatever? And I say, trust your gut because it comes into your your head like who it is. Who it is right then and there. Exactly. And, you know, like I had a dragonfly follow me around for a period there. Like dragonflies... And me, I didn't pick the dragonfly. That's the other thing. Like the the spirit animal will choose you. You don't choose it. Because I would have rather had a, you know, a different animal. Like I like dragonfly. Wait a second. And I wanted a blue one and they keep coming, red ones kept showing up. Like, screw you, I'm gonna be red. Right. <laughs> but they would like be these giant red dragonflies that would show up just when I needed a sign to answer the question, should I get on the motorcycle or not? Or whatever. So it's like yes. spirit working with nature is incredible. And sometimes it's a loved one who's crossed over and you just know. And other times it's spirit. It's like, hey, I need to get your attention. So here's a dragonfly. The same one's going to show up every time with the same question. Oh, definitely. And the energy
1: is just wild. And when I was on top of a mountain in Costa Rica, the leaves, the big long leaves will wave. There's no wind. They wave. So I went up to one. And here I am, like, I put this on TikTok, and I'm talking and singing, and they're all waving. And then I went up to one and said, um, I just want to say goodbye, and I put my hand out. Well, it was almost like how puppies slap someone's right? hand away. The one next to it slapped that away and came up. I have it on video. And came up and started going like this on my hand. Oh my. <laughs> so isn't energy just amazing and nature, and it's just so get out in nature everybody because that's how you're going to quiet your mind and that is how you're going to get signs especially if you say I never get anything you have to do the work it's they say easier said than done
0: I say then do the work right do the work and just show up and see what happens so what wisdom would you offer anybody listening today who may be grieving the loss of a loved one? Do you have any idea of where they go? Do you want to just say something like that, that you know that you've experienced that might help somebody who's grieving?
1: Yeah, so first of all, if you're newly grieving, it's baby steps. Talk about your your loved one in spirit because you'll find that your true friends will stick by you and you'll start to lose friends that are either fearful for their own mortality or whatnot, and just sit in space, let them be with you, reach out for help. And then the wisdom from spirit is we are okay. We're not dead. We're just different. Mm -hmm. We are at another level that's just above here that you can reach and it is attainable. So meditate, pray, talk to me. I can hear you. I'm like the oxygen you breathe that you can't see Mm -hmm. that sustains you. I can't prove this, but I trust it, right? Right. And so find a grief counselor, groups, a reputable medium, but you are the medium. So start journaling, write Mm -hmm. letters to them, and then write one back from them. That was a David Kessler move, by the way. Yeah. but But, you know, doing things like, Finding your tribe that may be a new tribe now, like if you're a grieving parent, helping parents heal uh, different places that you can go to where you feel a part of a group that understands you. But they always say to me, like, we will meet again one day and I really want you to live this life. Treat every day like it could be your last because the inevitable is you will walk down this road. I'll be at the end of the road waiting for you. But I want to see a smile on your face saying, we did it. We did it and they live through you, by the way, and they experience everything you experience. So live this life. That's the biggest message, mm-hmm. right? Forgive with all your heart, laugh with all your might, and just be in each day as it comes, be in the power of right now because we get so ahead of ourselves. And I think that's just really important to honor your grief and it's
0: like a fingerprint. So you I do love you. that you said that forgive with all your heart, love with all your might, and know that, you know, your life is a fingerprint. There's only one you, but that finger is connected to the other fingers. There's no such thing as complete independence. We are interdependent, whether we're alive or we've crossed to another level. I love that you said, I'm not dead. It's just different. Right. I'm just different.
1: Yeah. And there's so much to learn with that. And we won't know till we get there, but They always say, like, I didn't disappear into oblivion. If you can't feel me or see me, hear me, let's work on that because that's what's going on in
0: here for you. Oh, I love that. Okay, let's pull a card together to see if there's anything else the Wooniverse wants us to talk about, right? So I'm going to pull from the Shaman's Dream. Spirit, tell Maureen and I what you want us to talk about if there's anything. Oh, the garden of Venus, rest and renewal. Okay, so I, I'm i going to tell you my take on that and then you tell me what your take on that is. So I know that some people want to talk to their loved ones who have crossed over right away. And I feel, and in my experience, is that that's not always possible. Like sometimes they need to rest. You know, they need to renew too before they're able to come through. And also to recognize that we need to slow down, that life is about slowing down. You know, because we live in a society where it's always about produce, 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 move, Mm -hmm. move, move, go, 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 plan for the future, plan, plan, plan. And instead it's like, no, 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 like stop and smell the roses. Let the signs come through. Let go your expectations. What do you think? Oh, definitely because folks are
1: coming to my events with, their loved one only being passed like weeks or a month. And for me personally, I find a better connection after two to three months, some say six months. But when I have done readings for folks, especially that have lost children, if there's not enough time for the parent to sort of dig into some grief work and Mm -hmm. to be able to do some of their own work, It's too soon and the reading's choppy and it's like following the bouncing ball. And so spirit needs some transition time and they need to figure out their new voice uh, Mm -hmm. without the physical body. The energy is so fast and fleeting that they need to learn how to take that helicopter propeller, bring it down to a ceiling fan where (laughs) we're at. So that's where we reside. And so doing work to raise your vibration, which is going to be... Uh, praying, meditating, getting out in nature and doing the work. So there's a lot that has to go on before you can marry this uh, energy to be able to make a connection. So allowing a little bit of time and for you to rest, renewal, and for the medium as well. I don't do that enough. I don't sleep well.
0: Between 3 and 4 a.m. is the witching hour. So they're going to wake you up then too. Yeah, I, I think it's important that we talked about that because I do think that, you know, we live in such turbulent, chaotic times right now and that people are so vigilant, And I think that's what the card talked about as well, too, because, you know, our work is spiritual work. You know, it's also psychological work, but it's it's like, how do we manage uh, to be here and now and live life to the best of our ability without like giving it away to too many doing too much and planning, etc. The message that I heard from you today, as well as my own experience as a medium, is that we have to stay present, you know, and we can't yes. constantly be on the go. And something
1: I wanted to add, too, that a lot of the folks I work with uh, do turn to alcohol because they're trying to, you know, drown out the pain, and I just lightly suggest to them: if you can cut out the alcohol, your yeah. vibration will be higher, and you'll be able to meet them uh, much more quickly than drowning
0: out and lowering, dampening your energy. Do you mm-hmm. agree? Well, I'm clean and sober 36 years, so yes, I do agree. <laughs> Love that <laughs> to take the mind-altering stuff off the table, especially alcohol. Really, can I mean they? That's why it's called spirits, right? It's it's a fake way of connection. It's false. It gives you a fake ego boost. It gives you fake confidence and there's a fake connection. It doesn't really come that way. People want to drown it out or, or feel that they'll feel more and that doesn't work. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. Right. right? Exactly. That's a good point. I'm glad you brought yeah. it up. Well... Thank you so much for coming. For more information about Maureen, you can find her on Facebook, on Twitter, YouTube, and also on the TikTok. Uh, I love calling it the TikTok. Yes. Yeah. Are you are you on TikTok, Colette? I'm starting to be on TikTok. Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. Yes, I and am. And I'm on
1: Instagram as on well. Instagram. The Instagram.
0: So <laughs> the Instagram <laughs> yes. And <laughs> maureenhancock.com, Simple. That's right. And uh she recently launched her online school, Maureen Hancock University. That's going to be cool. You'll have to tell me about that. We, You and I have to get on a Zoom coffee. Um, anyway, all these links are readily available on our show notes page, along with a link to check out Maureen's bestselling book, The Medium Next Door. And weren't you also on a TV show, The Medium Next Door too? Was that TLC? What was that?
1: So... Uh, it was called Psychic in Suburbia, and Suburbia and it was on the Style Network, but the Ghost Whisperer producers were my producers and then ABC and so, but the medium next door is my new podcast as well. So I'd love Woo. to have you on sometime. I will just, be on. Yep. Just launched that. And uh, now I am in the works with Gaia for my own talk show. Yeah, so exciting. And we'll have to do another one when we talk about star seeds and the universe and oh, yeah, how we yeah. were aliens.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can talk about how we were aliens for sure. That would be definitely universal for sure. And thanks so much for coming. I love this conversation with you. I love you tons. And thanks Thank everybody you. for listening. So, what did we learn today? What a fantastic conversation with Maureen Hancock. Let's pull a card. I love pulling a card. And, okay, so this makes so much sense. It's called In the Hand, and it's from my deck, The Shaman's Dream that I did with Alberto Valaldo. And the message is the universe is your partner. And I think that if we were to apply that, spirit is our partner. Our loved ones who have crossed over are still in a partnership with us. That just because they die doesn't mean they aren't still there. And that's what I love what Maureen had said, that I didn't die, I'm just different. You know, that there is this level of consciousness that still exists after the body or the leased car, right? We give the car back and we step out of the car and we're in a different place. And that's so key that we still can evolve our relationships with our loved ones after the fact and that when we don't die, we're just different. Thank you so much for listening to our special limited edition series, I Talk to Dead People, on Inside the Universe. Until next time, I'm Colette Baron reed Be well. I Talk to Dead People is a production of Universal Network Studios. A special thanks to our recording engineer, Chris Dupuy, executive producer, Connie Deletti, content editor, Julie Fink, an audio post-production by Michael Seifert and David Shaw at Summa Recording. Original theme music written and performed by Michael Seifert. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you are hearing this podcast right now. And you can keep up to date on episode releases, bonus content, and prize giveaways by visiting us at itwpodcast.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and we hope you join us next time for another episode on Inside the Wooniverse, a podcast brought to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine.